Welcome to the Ethical Marketing Podcast. If you don't know me, my name is Stuart Mitchell. I run the ethicalmarketingnews.com website. Today, we have a fascinating interview, which I hope you will enjoy. For today's Ethical Marketing Podcast interview, I am really pleased to have Adele Ward with us. Adele is the Marketing Director of Ecotone UK. And if you've been on the site, you'll know we've covered quite a bit about Ecotone in the past, and they are going to be really interesting. It's a large company who is trying to do the best to be ethical. And I think that's something that I just want to talk about. So thank you very much for joining us, Adele. Thank you for having me, Stuart. Lovely to uh, meet you. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and then how you got into the industry? Yes, of course. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm 20 years in the industry now. So that's probably putting a, a marker on my age. My background was I was at university. I actually studied international business and Spanish. And then it was, I suppose, passion for travel, which took me to languages and wanting to know the, the foundations of business. And then marketing, you know, was a module within that. And uh, so when I finished that uh, course, I went on to complete a marketing diploma. Yeah, I just think I was always, you know, just really inspired by more of the, I suppose, the big brands, the big boys, the Nikes, the Cokes, the Pepsi of this world with their their creativity and their marketing which then led me down to the career path. And then I think more later in life, you know, from a personal level, why I started working for Ecotone was about, you know, my own, I suppose, my own ethics, really, and, and my own beliefs around, you know, nutrition and, and good eating and, and more, you know, ethical and sustainable products. And that's what led me to Ecotone, where I've been for the last almost nine years. So a while. <laughs> seen, you've seen a lot of changes in that time. Yes, I have. I have seen a lot of changes, but it's a, but also, you know, one thing that's been consistent, which I, I love about the organisation, is the people, which is uh, what's kept me here for so long. It's it very much feels like a, a family. Everybody gets on on really well, and uh, yeah, it's it's a really lovely place to work. Work can be challenging, obviously, but it's uh, easier to come to work when you know that everybody is like really supportive of you. So, so. Can you tell us a bit about Ecotone and, and its history. Yeah, it's, um, it's a food company that's been around for about well, a long time, 250 years. Originally founded in the Netherlands. Now we've got headquarters in France. Yeah, and, and it's evolved to uh, really cement its uh, point of difference within the principles of biodiversity, sustainability, uh, organic, nutritional quality of food and, and biodiverse ingredients. So you know, it's built up to quite a sizable organization now with what about, I think uh, 1,600 people across seven countries, including the UK. And then, yeah, going back a couple of years, Ecotone became the um, first and the largest European food business to be fully certified B Corp, which was a you know massive thing. And you'll see lots of lots of brands and startup companies. You know, that's one of the main things that they look to do is is get certified B Corp. But we're really proud that actually last year we we got the highest score ever of. If you're familiar with the scoring process, but we've got one one six point five, which is a number ingrained on my forehead at work but it's with the world highest scoring b corp global food business so wow. you know we're not we're not just ticking a box here you know we're living and breathing what what b corp means in terms of being ethical sustainable um, and also you know looking after its people as well so uh, how have you found being a b corp has helped the business it gives us a real it gives us a real sense of purpose and you know i think purpose in marketing was a buzzword a couple of years ago and I think lots of brands were going on the purpose-driven agenda and, you know, you saw some marketing campaigns that may or may not have felt, you know, that were fully resonating with the brand itself. But for us, it just unites us on, on, you know, one clear lighthouse, really, something that we're going towards. I mean, just this last uh, six months, all the, every single country has been taking on biodiversity training. So all employees are understanding 
what does being a B Corp mean? What does having a, a biodiversity strategy mean? What's the challenges we're having from the planet, from the environment? And we, you know, we all we all take it seriously and and make sure that everything, you know, the choices that we're making are ingrained in this. So I wouldn't say we're a we're not a preachy organization, but I think what comes through is with this, we we care about what we do. But this also gives us a you know a tangible business target and direction as well. Something that we're seeing more and more small companies and bigger companies now looking at B Corp as a way of stating their own agenda and what what they're trying to do. I think it's really nice to see companies big and small building that into their into their infrastructure. Yeah, and it's a good way to help companies understand what you know what do they need to do. So I think it's I think it's only the more companies that can become B Corp, I think the the better it, it will become. Ecotone are a number of different companies. So can you tell me a little bit about how all the different strategies come together to create that sort of one message and brand, I suppose, or do they? Well, I think we have lots of different brands, but fundamentally it goes back to that piece around our mission and we're a mission-led organization. It's all about food for biodiversity. So it, it might come across as being lots of different parts to it, but actually the sum is is, is the same. We're, we're all, we all fit on the umbrella of food for biodiversity and it's about organic, plant-based, ethical and sustainable. So it's simplified, I think, with that overarching um, umbrella. So um, in the UK, our, you know, we have brands that you hopefully you're familiar with some of them and maybe you eat some of them. So we've got Whole Earth, we've got Clipper Tea, you know, Callow. These are some of our big brands. And, you know, they all have different points of difference, but ultimately they strive towards the same thing. So I think it is, it, from the outside, it might seem more complicated, but internally, I think it's it's quite simple for us. This kind of feels like a redundant question, given given what we've spoken about, but uh, I have it down, so I'll say it, is how important is ethical marketing to Ecotone as a company and to you as a marketer? Well, yeah, for a, for an organization, as you can imagine, hugely important. I think if you go on our Ecotone corporate pages, you can see, you know, our mission statements, our, our targets, our objectives, all the work that we're doing. So we're hugely transparent. So I think ethical for me is, is that open and honest and transparency in what we say and what we do and how we're going about doing it, which, like you said, is, is the bread and butter for, for Ecotone. I think for me personally, you know, there's, there's there's still always questions in the day to day. You know, are we are we doing the right things? You know, am I making the right decisions? You know, I'm the one that's got to live with them, so I also want to make sure I'm comfortable with what I'm doing. So, for me, there's the business piece, but then also, you know, for me, it's important on the on a day to day level, and that that comes through more, I think, on the brand level communication where my responsibility sits. You know, and, and you know, if we taking the same principle as a as the as the business level. You know, we want to show our consumers that, you know, what we're making the right choices and we're making informed choices and decisions and trying to improve. Um, and if we're not 100 percent perfect now, we, we you know, there's a reason why and we're striving to improve. So for me, it's, it's just about that honesty and transparency for everything, really. Yeah. When we spoke to Andrew Sussman from the Institute of Advertising Ethics, he'd said that one of the things he was seeing more and more with marketers and advertisers was that desire to be ethical ingrained from a young age so it's mm. part of their decision making so they go to companies now that are more ethical whereas before people looked for money and they looked for for lots of other things now that that desire to be within an ethical company is 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 right up there as one of the most important yeah yeah and that's great to hear and, and you know when, when we interview people for jobs here it's, it's one of the things that they definitely um reiterate back to us that you know with the typical question why would you want to work for for ecotone and you know and it's the strength of the the brands that we have but then it's what they stand for i think is is key as well so yeah it's good to hear 
it's only in the last sort of two years that the number of female CMOs has reached 50%, despite the fact that women have made up the majority of marketers for a quite a long time within the industry. Do you feel there's a change afoot in the industry to how women are, are viewed? I know this is something that's important to you. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I don't say excited, honoured, you know, I'm a female, you know, uh, like like you said, female marketing director. And um, I'm really pleased that, that that number has started to change. And and for me, when I look at our business, I mean, we have Emma Vass, who is our CEO at Ecotone. So that's usually, in you know, inspiring for me that not only when you look at our actually management team, we've got a, you know, a broad balance of females and male versus males. Um, and we've also got Emma at the helm. So, it, you know, it, it really shows that our organization supports it. And again, you know, nobody's perfect, but there's that real intent of being inclusive. And I think not only from a female perspective, but how we can do that from a, you know, from a also a, um, you know, social background from different diversity aspects as well. So, yes, do I, do I think it has improved? Yes, I still think there's, you know, still still more to be done. But it definitely feels like culturally we're, we're in, we're in a, an era where things are starting to change um, and that people are, you know, striving for more equality across different guises as well as gender. So, you know, I feel, you know, co- comfortable in the place that I'm in with um, the organisation that we're looking to do that proactively. It's made good change, but there's, you know, there's still more that can be done, obviously. The Unilever study recently found 40% of women do not relate to the women shown in adverts. And the Gina Davis Institute study found that women-led and gender-balanced ads yielded 30% more views on YouTube. So I suppose the question for that is, why do we feel like the ads and marketing industry has taken so long to kind of get to this point? And why is there still that issue, do you think, with gender stereotyping? Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting question. And like you've said, the numbers are there. So I think for me, I just I probably see it as a history and as a legacy thing. And and things do take time to change. Unfortunately, I think you can see there's a there is a movement when you look at how women are shown in adverts now. Like you say, it is changing. I mean, looking at the health and beauty industry, looking at clothing and online shopping, you know, it's it's it is evolving and it's more representative of, of, of real women. There the probably is an element of maybe creative, you know, nervousness about how that change will land and how it fits with the brands. And um, is this seen as being authentic or on the on the back of a, a trend? But I think it, it's definitely starting to change. And, and and we as marketeers need to be responsible for that. You know, we're the, we're the decision makers working with our agencies, being that, you know, in-house creative agencies or, or external. So it, it's down to us ultimately to, you know, to push through that change um, quicker. But it's great to see that it's moving. I think for us specifically at, at Ecotone, we're, we're a lot more around generally illustrative and not gendered type advertising. We know we focus on the occasions of our products, but having said that, we know we do work with uh, individuals and Whole Earth is an, is an example of a brand. We've just launched a, a sponsorship partnership with Team GB. Um, so that's an example where, you know, we're working with real athletes and, and, and women obviously will be in there and, and it's real women, um, not stereotyped. So yes, I, I I do think there is still a, a challenge, but you can start to see this wave uh, coming through. I guess you maybe covered this as well. Is there any sort of ways you feel the industry can change quite 
I suppose, quite simply to start tackling these inequalities. Yeah, definitely. I think it's the, a lot of it lands itself to creative, I think, and, and who how you show up as a brand and the, and the you know, the creative that you land and, and the people that you work with, be that influencers or celebrities, etc., and the brand image that you want to portray. But again, it's, it's about having the right people around the table to make that decisions. So I think you need to have that diversity also in the decision-making room as, uh, so that that will help influence then the creativity, which goes back, I suppose, to your earlier point on if more and more are women around the table, then you can see how, you know, this will really help the, the creativity angle change as well. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I guess I suppose this leads on to if there's something you could change about the industry in general, what, what would it be? What would you sort of put your, your stamp on it? I mean, obviously, this conversation is around ethics. But when I reflected on this, I was like, do you know, there's something around giving consumers and shoppers clarities on, clarity on the, the choices that they can make. I mean, we talk about the example of the, the tea industry and, and I think the terminology used around ethical tea can be quite confusing and perplexing for people like, well, all, all, teas, all teas are ultimately ethical. So we try and use some external bodies as well that can help us. You know, obviously B Corp is one of them. We look at the Good Shopping Guide, which gives us an ethical scoring and rating as well so that we're not just, you know, scoring ourselves. It's from a, a third party. So for me, it's it's about giving uh, consumers more visibility, more transparency, so they've got the right information to empower them to make the right choices. Makes a lot of sense for people to look like they're more ethical than they are, but it's it's a difficult one to find out what's real and what's not. Yeah, yeah, it's completely completely true. You know, and consumers on 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 more higher level, more involved purchases, they will take the time to you know do the the detail and the interrogation on more everyday food purchases like food you know, then the choices are made in store or on a small uh, level of awareness marketing that they've shown. So it's about making sure that they've got the right information, but it's quick and easy to understand. Yeah, that's never occurred to me, I suppose. When you buy a TV, you do the research or you look in, yeah. you buy a big uh, washing machine, you look into the power output, you do all that kind of stuff. But you pick up a bag of tea bags and you just go, well, that looks nice. I'll, I'll have that. You, look, <laughs> you maybe look for a, a fair trade logo or, you know, Rainforest Alliance logo or something and just go, oh, well, that's fine. It never really exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's those shortcuts, I think, and, and working with people like the, the Soil Association for your organic accreditations of fair, fair trade and having those badges are really important, but also consumers knowing what those stamps of approval also mean. So it's, it, it's you know, it's, it's not an easy job to do to help get that understanding across and, and quite quickly on, an, on a small product as well. So where do you think the industry will be in a few years? Do you think that the ethical drive of which you are your company is at the forefront, especially for a big company. Do you think that's something that's going to be adopted more across the board? Or do you and do you still see yourself? Do you think you'll still be pioneers? You'll still be pushing forward that envelope? I mean, from a business perspective, I mean it's it's our DNA. So absolutely, yeah, we'll 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 still be pushing that agenda. I think I, I hope that more and more, you know, companies get on board because, you know, the the mission that we've got is solving a, a wider, you know, global climate crisis that we have. So we need more and more companies to to take steps like we're taking because otherwise, you know, where are we going to be in, you know, 20, 50 years now from a, from a climate perspective? So I really hope they do. I think the, the challenge is, you know, we're in a tough climate at the moment and consumers are making choices, you know, and cutting back on, on spend. So it's really about, again, going back to the point on how can we educate consumers to make the right choices and show that, that, you know, that we add value as brands so that we can really, you know, show them that we are, that not just us, but the brands that are doing those jobs, that they're the ones that, you know, let's try and keep them on the shopping list almost because there will be tough decisions to make in this, in this uh, economic climate. 
Are there any other businesses that you've sort of looked at and go, oh, they are taking the steps in the right direction? Any other business? I think, well, there's a lot of companies now. I think that, like I said, there's some startup organizations that have been certified as B Cup. So you can see that there is a wave there is a wave coming even some you know the big companies are uh, the bigger organizations are taking the right steps so yes you know there is momentum there so yes i think i can see other organizations doing that it must feel great to be on that forefront though to be to to look at what you're doing and just go i am completely confident that we are in the right place doing the right thing Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I'm, I'm hugely proud. I mean, like I said, I think it's uh, I've been here nine years and um, and I think the the mission and the commitment that Ecotone has is just strengthened and strengthened and strengthened with, you know, with B Corp, with our certification. So, you know, our, our brands, I would say, are not as well known as some of the bigger brands. But it just reassures me that, you know, when people find and discover us that they're enlightened to understand that actually we've, we've been doing this for a while and we are committed and, you know, we're not we're not greenwashing. We're, we're, we're you know, we have a strong purpose driven organization. And when they find we have this family of brands that all sits under Ecotone, I think that's a, it's almost almost like a you know, refreshing uh, moment to understand, okay, you're all part of the same family and you've all got the same um, purpose, which is great. Yeah, I suppose that means that if you know it's an Ecotone product, then, you know, even from any of the other companies, you kind of know what you're getting. You know that the, the ethos behind it at least is is, is the right one, that, that the company exactly. is pushing in the right direction. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that desire to get people to look at different products that are, new and interesting and, and environmentally friendly i think that's going to become a bigger thing as time goes on as we're in a cost of living crisis but i don't think people you know there's a myth about organic things having to be super expensive and having and i don't think that's the case now <laughs> and i think it's really nice to see a company sort of pushing out that organic message that you people are realizing they don't have to spend over the top to get them yeah 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 and hopefully you know consumers can see the the you know the, the part that we're partnering with like fair trade on clipper you know there's a big investment that goes in there towards the people that are on on the ground you know in the tea plantations as well so it's about the organic and it's also about the people that that benefit as well i guess it's sort of slight follow-ons that marketing does have a bad reputation sometimes and it's kind of what this podcast is around it's about saying that marketers aren't bad people occasionally at times we you know we try not to be we've done, <laughs> you know i don't think i can totally take us away from the fact that there has been some horrendous marketing in the past and but i think now this generation of marketers that's coming up are people who are trying to sell things to people who want it rather than trying to tell people things who don't want it or don't need it and i think there is an ethical sort of bent to it but we do that reputation still sort of is there that that you know it's a hard sell it's a hard marketing thing i don't know if that's always the case but what gives you hope for the future i think it's like we were saying before Stuart. i think like never before i've you know have conversations opened up so much about gender about race about social inequality so it, it's a cultural change that we're seeing so it, it's it's not you know, marketing need to move forward with this. And I think I would hope that, you know, like we try to be is that we are you know, progressive towards it and see the change that is you know, needed and required. And, and it's, you know, it's demanded by our consumers and we can really help be, you know, those beacons of po positive change. So I, I definitely, you know, sat here today, I definitely have hope that it will change. And with the next generation, you know, of, of marketeers coming through as well, you can see that, you know, they have a real passion for it and they're investing in it because it is, is their future so that gives me more confidence that the next generation will will also you know try to do even better than we're doing i think it's really interesting the 
sort of debate, I suppose, that's happened about X uh, and the brand safety issue of why some companies have chosen at the moment not to advertise there is a sign that this brand safety thing, which I don't think would have been an issue 10 or 15 years ago, people wouldn't have thought as much about, you know, making sure that the, the platforms that they see themselves on. And again, I'm not saying that X is necessarily any worse than, than any other one, but it has certainly highlighted that companies feel at the moment that there's a safety issue. And I think that's a sign of a change within the industry where I don't think that brand safety would have been considered in the same way 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I suppose before it was like who more who you work with, which is still relevant, you know, the the people that you choose to represent your brands, but it's also now where you place your brands and in what channels and in, you know, which social media, digital, what other platforms you're on and, and knowing about them. So, you know, it's a, it, it, it can be tough in terms of trying to make the right choices for the brand because there's lots of ways you could advertise or where you could show up and you could have, you know, quick wins, so to speak, or, you know, drive that awareness quite quickly. But is it the right thing to do for the brand? So those those conscious choices, you know, are tough. And if if you we always try and do the right things, and if things evolve and things change, and you realise it's not for your brand, it's it's about making that decision and making it quickly and moving on. Yeah, I think marketing is very much an evolving thing. I don't think people sometimes realise how quick and ch- the changes can be. The cha- the the industry landscape pre COVID and post COVID are completely different. Certainly, I find within the industry I work in that it's completely different as to buying habits and everything and just how people react to things. And that's a space of three years. And yet the stuff that we would have used primarily previously to to sell the stuff that we do wouldn't work in the same way now. And it's, it's incredible how quickly that has changed. Mm, yeah, yeah, completely. And it's the, it's the channels where the media is. I mean, consumers are but making choices in terms of like subscription services that they have in, you know, and therefore what does that mean from a, you know, an advertising perspective? We, can we, is it worth us showing up there or not? And also then where they consuming products, you know, there's, there's a lot more choice on the high street from, you know, from a retailer landscape and it's choices being made there on where, where consumers shop. So you're right, it has changed a lot. And, um, and, you know, I think it will continue to do so next year as well. I think it's still going to be pretty tough economic landscape and we're going to have to evolve as as consumers are changing again. One of the things I always try and highlight within these podcasts is that fact that just because you've done something in the past doesn't mean it's going to work now and that you have to look at the landscape. You have to almost restart. Every time you start a major campaign, you kind of almost have to restart from scratch because something Mm. might have changed. Yeah, yeah. I think it's trying to get that balance of, you know, you want to keep building long, you know, the brand and the equity over the long time, but there's also going to be short term changes you, you need to make. So it's making sure you've still got that overall direction, but you, you know, you're cost correcting as, as you go. You guys uh, changed your name a few years ago. So I was just wondering how you went around that kind of campaign, because obviously that was a huge rebranding campaign and must have involved a lot of channels, a lot of different ways of, of, of looking at moving that forward. Yeah, yeah, we did. So I think it, um, actually an interesting point you made because uh, Ecotone, you know, I think the name really strengthens our mission. And I don't know if, if you researched the name before, but it's it's named after the richest, most biodiverse places on, on Earth. So a piece of land that is full of, of biodiversity. Um, so hence where the name came from. I mean, even internally, it was a interesting conversation because, you know, we're, 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 we span across lots of different countries. And the first question was, well, how do you pronounce it? Is it ecotone or is it ecotone? 
Um, <laughs> so that that was one thing to get across. So, you know, not only we know how to write it and spell it, but how do we pronounce it? So, so yeah, so that was a, a, a big exercise for us. But what it did do, I think, was really cement the brand, the, the business positioning and which, you know, was absolutely the, the right thing to do. And it makes us really more united on our mission. I did know that about Ecotone, but I, I'm gonna admit, I didn't research it. What I did was I thought, I'll look up the history of the company in Wikipedia. and realized you didn't have a Wikipedia page that I could see, but it did link to that description of Ecotone. So that's how I knew what it was. <laughs> but I, I, did, I did remember covering it at the time when you changed your name. So I, was, uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. know you changed it. I suppose that's the thing as well. Then you obviously work across many different countries. Uh, and I suppose for something like even choosing a name, you have to think about language and how that works in different countries. Mm. And is that the sort of same with all your brands? Are they all slightly differently branded in each country or does it tend to be sort of the same? We have uh, different local brands. So but Clipper, for an example, is one of our, our global brands. So that spans across uh, different countries. It's, it's called Clipper in most countries, but in a few it's called Clip, uh, Copper, just for various legal reasons. But yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, the same brand. So, and Whole Earth is the same. It's across more markets across Europe as well, and, and it's Whole Earth. So, which we obviously strive to keep the consistency. Like you know, any classic marketeer, brand marketeer would, would try and do as much as possible. But there are also some local nuances. Just some things might not work in in French or German, for example. So, we do have to try and um, adapt a little bit. But generally, we we take more of a global strategy. Do you have a favorite ethical marketing campaign or a person that that? has inspired you that you know that you'd recommend people check out and have a look at a campaign i have i'm not i'm not sure it would be defined as this was a typical one that people would think come to mind but there's a an organization called fashion revolution and they they encourage other brands to work on this the global fashion activism movement and they had a really just lovely simple campaign where it was called i made your clothes and and basically the creative it was super simple it was the you know the the people that are physically making their clothes in different organizations held up a placard um to say i made your i made your clothes and it just for me it was just bringing that transparency and authenticity of showing consumers where their clothes are coming from in an industry you know that has had a lot of challenges historically and a lot of backlash in, in terms of where where clothes in fashion are being made and fast fashion etc so for me i think that was a really you know lovely simple campaign to give that transparency and it's something we try and do with clipper we visit you know we visit our plantations our tea plantations we have relationships with the with all, with our tea plantations and we go out and visit them and so we're trying to get that level of uh, transparency across to our consumers as well, that you know we know where the tea comes from, and particularly given we have the fair trade connection as well. So I think that was a really lovely, simple one for, to, to, for, for organisations to unite against. Incredibly powerful campaign. Yes. Um, Super powerful, but simple, because you know, without knowing the detail behind it, you can understand that as consumers a message, okay, you're giving me transparency of where my clothes are coming from. Fast fashion is, is one of those places where it's so easy to just forget kind of almost where they came from. And, and I think it's, it's one of the things I know, and I know that companies are trying to get better, but it's, it's still, I think there's a lot of exploitation. There's a lot of, uh, mm. there's a lot of sort of negativeness around that. So I think any campaign that highlights to people, I think that's going to be a good thing. So is there anything that you've just been enjoying over the last sort of month or so? It doesn't need to be anything to do with marketing or ethical. It's just, I, I like to give people a chance to recommend something that they're, they're passionate about or that they like. 
Well, when I was thinking most of the my passions over the last few months, I think, has more been related to exercise. <laughs> so I think a couple of things. I, I, I took up golf this year, which I've never done before. Wow. <laughs> I won't say I'm very particularly good at it, but there you go. Um, but I think really helping me, you know, with building on a new con- uh, skill set. I think for me, I'm very much about this continuous learning and uh, yeah, challenging myself. So golf is definitely one. And then uh, the other thing I, I spend quite a bit of time doing is, is CrossFit. I do take part in some small, I would say small local competitions. Um, but again, it's it's both the physical, the mental side for me that's, uh, that's the pull to both these things. Um, so just trying to keep a more balanced, holistic lifestyle, really. I mean, what, what sent you towards golf? I, I know lots of people who play golf, but most of them have always played golf. It's just sort of something they've always done. So I'm just... Yeah, I mean, it's that classic thing of someone just introduces you to it and then you're pretty bad at it. And then once you start hitting a few balls quite good, you're like, oh, actually, this could be pretty exciting. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I think it's just that, you know, buzz that you get from, you know, you might have 10 shots that are absolutely shocking, but that one, it, it really motivates you to keep going and, and knowing that somewhere in there you have this skill set that is like bursting to come out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's yeah, that's really interesting. Obviously, from I'm based in uh, Aberdeen, so yeah, we are surrounded by golf courses up here. Can't move. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just I suppose for people who don't know about Ecotone, can you sort yeah. of sum it up and tell people why they should they should at least give it a chance and see see what there is for them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd say you know Ecotone has got some fantastic brands, and uh, and uh, you know some of our main ones to call out, you know, a Clipper Tea whole earth peanut butter and, and callow which do a range of rice cakes and and stock cubes you know all very much sitting under the natural organic space with strong ethical credentials so i think big things that we've got coming up we've just announced for whole earth a partnership with team gb which i think i just mentioned previously so the olympics are coming next year so that's you know a fantastic time to really champion team gb so we're excited about that partnership so there'll be lots more to come and if you're not familiar with peanut butter and why, so, you know, peanut butter, people eat it for its, you know, protein credentials and it's, you know, it's it's a, a really simple eat. So that's something really exciting we've got we've got coming up. And yeah, there'll be plenty more from the brands next year as, uh, as I'm working on the, the campaigns right now. But if you haven't, then definitely try the products. You know, we strive to make them not only organic and natural, but also taste good as well. So uh, hopefully you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Excellent. Well, and thank you very much for taking the time out to speak to us. And it's been it's been lovely to hear from you. And as I say, Ecotone is a company we've followed for a while. And I can't wait to see what you do with Team GB because I think that's very exciting. Yes, yeah, super exciting. So yeah, thank you, Stuart. Lovely, uh, lovely to spend the time with you. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed any of this, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. And we will be back soon. Thank you. This podcast was edited by Stuart Mitchell. The music was by Joe McCafferty. We look forward to seeing you for the next podcast. Podcast.